first time we ever met Jim Jordan, Jimmy came to the St. Ed's room and we were getting ready for, for a, a duel, an all-star meet, right? And so we're like, oh, you know, I know he's, he's a single A guy. He won four. I, I don't know how good he's going to be, you know. And very first practice, he goes in and takes Jim Heffernan down right away. I was like, okay, he's pretty good. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast presented by Spartan Combat. This is your host, Ryan Warner. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is your nutritional cheat code. Throw in one scoop of AG1 and you have your daily allotment of vitamins, minerals, and superfoods. It tastes delicious, and through this awesome offer, you can get five free travel packs and a one-year supply of vitamin D droplets. Go to athleticgreens.com slash WCML. That's athleticgreens.com slash WCML. It's the perfect supplement for your wrestler during the season or as a post-weigh-in meal. athleticgreens.com slash WCML. Today's episode is with Joe Silvestro. Joe was a state champion for St. Ed's in the early 1980s. He was a runner-up as a senior where St. Ed's was the number one team in the country. He went on to wrestle at UNC with the legendary Bill Lamb. He then went on to coach at St. Ed's before moving to Chicago and being a part of one of the most rapidly rising dynasties I've ever seen, and that's Marmion Academy, one of the best high school wrestling programs in Illinois. Joe was a coach there. He's also had an incredible career in business, which we talk about. Hope you enjoy this episode, folks. Fan of the week goes to my man Garrett Hove. That's Garrett Hove from West Des Moines, Iowa, a listener of this podcast, a supporter of the show. Thank you so much for supporting, Garrett. We greatly appreciate it. Last but not least, folks, this episode is brought to you by Quant Wrestling. Download the Quant app. On the Apple App Store, Q-U-A-N-T Wrestling, Quant Wrestling. Quant takes the Moneyball approach to wrestling. They collect and timestamp hundreds of statistics per match, feed all of those stats into their cloud analytics platform to predict match outcomes. Download the Quant Wrestling app now on the Apple and Google Play stores. Q-U-A-N-T Wrestling. And that's it, folks. Let's give it up for the great Joe Silvestro. Joe Silvestro, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Ryan. And again, thank you again for having me on. It's a real pleasure to, to meet you in person and, uh, you know, have a conversation with you. Absolutely. Let's start in the, uh, the St. Ed's days, early 80s. What kind of a murderous role were some of those teams you were part of back in the 80s for St. Oh, Ed's? Jeez. Well, you know, it all started at West Shore Y, to be honest with you. And then a lot of us went from West Shore Y to St. Ed's. So we had, you know, arguably, I would say, and, and there'll be arguments from the Ed's community, but uh, our 1981 team, which did not win the national championships, you talk about murderers row. I mean, that was, my gosh, we had Pat McCarthy, we had Pat Welsh, you know, Jim Heffern, Greg Linsky, uh, myself, uh, John Savetta, Greg Wright was on that team. Brad Wright was part of that team. Uh, uh, John Blanc. 
um, like Psalm. I mean, we, we went up and down the lineup. He had, I think, on that team, and then going to 1982 when we won our first national championship against Midwest City, I think, I can't remember how many state champs, maybe 15 between those two teams. Wow. I mean, and if our, in 81, we would have won the nationals, except John Blanc blew out his knee winning, I think, like six or eight to nothing towards ACL and Ferg uh, forfeited him out when John didn't want to forfeit out, or we would have won that duel. We would lock the matchup on that man. And uh, unfortunately that happened to him. So we could, we saved the first national championship for my senior year. Wow. So who was it against your junior year? Uh, Midwest City. And then that Midwest City team was unbelievable. Um, and that, that had, they had uh, Johnny Johnson, John LaViolette, um, David Rinda was on that team. I mean, they had some unbelievable wrestlers. Matter of fact, I think one of their best wrestlers, uh, something tragic happened. He couldn't make the dual meet. So while I say we might have won it, if he's in the lineup, probably you know you never know. But uh, yeah, so we had Midwest City two years in a row, and John Lavalette pinned Greg Alinsky in in 1981, and Lavalette was just an unbelievable talent. And then Greg wanted to wrestle him again, and uh, I can't even begin to tell you the, the week of practice he had before he went out and, and beat John. Yeah, so John. <laughs> yeah, that was a week. I think I took a couple beatings. <laughs> <laughs> And you mentioned it all started at the YMCA. What what was that YMCA and what was the connection there? Yeah, so so West Shore Y, um, which if you if you follow the Eds guys now, that's still the Y that that feeds St. Eds, right? That's where Seiko, Jeff Leonard, a lot of the guys are coaching that still have the they have the practices at St. Eds now. So West Shore Y was Ferg had built West Shore Y. So when I wanted to wrestle, because I thought it was professional wrestling, you know. My dad took me to uh, the West Shore Y program. Well, and there I walk in a room, and who's in that room? Uh, Howard Ferguson, the head coach. Lino Deanna, Mike Deanna's father, is a coach. Um, there were just a myriad of people who were great wrestlers. Matter of fact, that's where I met uh, and started working out first time with, with Doug Dake, right? Because Grandpa Dake was one of the coaches. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so... <laughs> We had Mr. Wright, who was coaching, right? So Greg and Brad's dad and, and all these guys that were just unbelievable wrestling minds. And so we did a lot of traveling at West Shore. I mean, we would come up to Joliet and wrestle. Um, you know, and that, there was a big international tournament then. And we did a lot of traveling together. We had guys who were world champions. Um, John McNulty, John Savetic, Bubba Strauss. Um, you know, just to name a few. I think even Greg Wright might maybe won a world championship. That's how, how we were getting out and going. And uh, so we just, we all kind of just became friends and we we're friends with families. And so ultimately um, I would say 70% of us, when we had the opportunity, we went, when Ferg left West Shore Y, we wrestled in the CYO, the Catholic Youth League, all beating each other up, trying to, um, you know, and then we lost like Doug Dake, who lost a couple others you know, to, to the public school, because that's, you know, the family belief. Um, but it all started at West Shore Y, which then made St. Ed's so talented. And then, and then obviously, as you start to do well, people notice, and then they start, you know, they want to go be a part of it. And so was Howard Ferguson, the youth coach and the high school coach, like double duty? Nope. He did youth first. Then he went to, then he went to St. Ed's. Okay. Okay. And so Ferg was, uh, I mean, such an important part of my life because my mom was his vice president. So she did a lot of work with him in his business ventures. And uh, so I was always around the house working or doing odds and end jobs that he'd have me do. Um, he, he was, you know, more than a wrestling coach for sure to, to all of us. And he, that's just a name that you talk about that guy in Ohio. That's like one of the all time legends. He's, he's, he's a legend, Mike Milkovich, another legend, right? I mean, he's some, some of these families, but, you know, Ferg for sure. You know, Ferg wrote, wrote the book, The Edge. I'm sure you've seen it, Ryan, if you haven't. I haven't seen that one, no. Oh, you, you got to get it. It's, writing it down. Yep. See if you can find one on Amazon. And if you can't, if you can't find one, let me know. But um, the book is a sports motivational book. Uh, you know, 
John Savetic and I had to go to New York City to go pick out photos for the book. He wanted very specific photos. It is something as a wrestler you should read. It is an unbelievable book. Wow. And what's the, for everyone who's listening who may not be able to see it or have it, what's like the, what are some of the main lessons or some of the main takeaways that you remember? Think about every celebrity in the world that was in athletics. And they give, they give talks about what it takes to be great, what it takes to, for perfect practice, what it takes to be, you know, even humble in victory, right? Or, or you know, grateful in defeat. Um, I mean, it's, it's just an unbelievable book, right? And it's probably, I don't know, couple hundred pages it's you know it's one you should you should definitely have i i use it i use it every year with the guys wow yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna get it after this call i love uh sports psych and, and mindset books in fact if you looked at my library you'd probably think i'm having a mental breakdown it's all self-help <laughs> yeah you know what though it, it means a lot especially in today i mean it's it it's helped me coaching you know, especially with the different generations, right? I mean, it's, this is my 35th year coach. So it's, you know, I'm getting up there. So trying to relate to some of the young guys, when I go walking in a room with gray hair, they're like, who's this guy? <laughs> and so, man, so this guy was an innovator and that's the room that your your father brought you to. Was your dad an athlete? No, my, well, he was a bowler and a golfer. He was an artist. Um but no, he was very soft. My father, very soft-spoken. My mom, more of the uh, disciplinarian type, you know, so I got both from them. Uh, but uh, my dad just said, hey, if you want to go, I'm going to take you to West Shore. Why? Here's the deal. You can't quit. So you want it? You, you, if you say yes after one practice, you're not allowed to quit. And so I had a rough first year. And I got first match, I got pinned by Greg Wright in 15 seconds. Um, I you know, and, uh, you know, but then we just developed, like I said, friends um, that you carry through the rest of your life. I mean, you know, Jim Heffernan, right, was he's one of the enemies at St. Richard's and we were St. Rayfield's, you know, we had the Heffernans and, and you know, when we were on this other team with St. Rayfield's, we weren't near as good as St. Richard's because they had the McFarlands, too. So you had McFarlands and Heffernans, you had Joe McFarland and his brothers and, and you know, you got all the Heffernans on St. Richard's. We weren't going to beat them, you know, but uh <laughs> But, you know, you grow up competing against each other, and then you, you ultimately become teammates. Man, Ohio was so – then that not even Ohio, but just uh, just Cleveland was loaded back then. Oh, Cleveland was loaded. I mean, and so many good kids. I mean, you can't even – in the 80s, it was, I don't know, 10 out of the 13 state championships might be, you know, out of Cleveland. Um, that was funny when you – you know, when you asked me to – Beyond this, I was thinking of a couple, you know, situations that where I, my mind was blown when I was in high school. One was first time we ever met Jim Jordan, and uh, Jimmy came to the St. Ed's room, and we were getting ready for for a, a duel, an All Star meet, right? And so we're like, oh, you know, I know he's, he's a single A guy. He won four. I, I don't know how good he's going to be. You know, you know, we heard he was a really nice guy. You know, all that kind of stuff. And very first practice, he goes in and takes Jim Heffernan down right away. I was like, okay, he's pretty good. You know, <laughs> he just answered that question. So he had he was coming back to help out, or he was still like, what was the situation? No, we were all seniors, uh, juniors or seniors in high in high school, we're getting ready for an all star meet. I can't remember who we were wrestling, maybe Michigan or Pennsylvania. And so you know, we all got an opportunity to work out with each other, you know, before the before the meet. So. Um, but like, that's when I was like, okay, yeah, Jimmy's really good. Wow. Yeah. I, I noticed that he was in a, some of the like the articles and whatnot from that day. And it's like, man, he's in there too. So what, what was the, uh, what was kind of the perception of him before that? You know, we didn't really know much cause there's no internet, you know? And so you're not even wrestling in the same tournaments. So it was more rumors and asking people if he was good or, you know, the biggest thing in Cleveland is we all worked out at, at Howard Ferguson's house. So oh, really, yeah, Ferg was, you know, obviously he was a multimillionaire. He had a beautiful house and we all went in his basement and worked out. It was open all the time. And so, you know, of the guys who we worked out was say an hour radius. We were all talking about who is this Jim Jordan, or Jeff Jordan. Are they any good? You know, they're in single a, you know, in those days, you know, Mark Zimmer, if you ever heard that name, Mark Zimmer was a four-time state champion in 2A. Um, 
you know, we weren't sure Zimmer, we, we found out later how good Zimmer was. We found out pretty quick when Jimmy showed up and he was that good. We knew Jeff was good, you know? And so it kind of changed our whole mindset, you know, yeah, no, single A guys. I heard that name when I had, uh, I had Luke Fickle on. Oh yeah. yeah. I didn't hear Luke's. Okay. Yeah. He's uh he, you know, he was obviously, you know, his wrestling background in Ohio. And he said that, you know, he he watched Zimmer win four, I believe it was, and yeah, it uh, was. really really inspired him. And you know, he didn't get four, but pretty darn good wrestler in his own right. I think Luke is to this day, arguably, one of the three best heavyweights I've ever seen us. Um, oh, wow! I mean, I could tell you, I coached a state champion by the name of Stefan Terabenic who went to Kent State. And Stefan was very good in his own right. And I thought we might be able to kind of compete, you know, like let's keep it close and see what happens in the third period. Uh, and Luke just was a man. I mean, I've never seen, you know, certainly in Ohio, he was the best I ever saw. Man. And imagine uh, him and Mike Frabel as, as, as uh, roommates and teammates or freshman year at college. It must have been a crazy environment. You know what's so funny is that my impression of Luke's always been like he's really he's a I mean I'm obviously very intense but he's a nice guy like laid back type of guy and I look at Rabel and again my impression is only having seen him play and then obviously I watch him coach him I mean this guy's like super intense I wonder what they were like as roommates you know like, right did they was it like a marriage or or did Rabel going come on fickle you could swear once or twice you know like <laughs> I know it'd be uh, it'd be interesting to see. And and I was going to ask you the same thing about your roommate. When did you move in with uh, Rob Cole? Yeah, so Rob and I lived together for three years at, at Carolina. So our first uh, our first go when we were I I transferred from William and Mary into North Carolina, and uh, Rob showed up as a freshman, and and we we as Coach Lamwell always does, he puts you know potential starter against a freshman, and I can't remember how long we wrestled each other. And, I couldn't get a takedown. He couldn't get a takedown. He wasn't that great on his feet at that point. Um, and I couldn't finish on him because his hips were so crazy good. And so we had like a little rivalry for a little bit, you know, and then just became great friends. And and then also Lenny Bernstein. Remember Lenny, mm -hmm. coached at Virginia? Lenny joined us as well. So uh, And then Al Palacio, Dylan's uh, uncle, was one of our roommates as well. So, yeah, we had a pretty interesting crowd in that in that apartment. Man, that's that is a crew right there. How did you end up at UNC from William and Mary? Uh, you know, I when I went to William and Mary, it was coming off of so I won a state championship and then lost the state championship. So when I lost, the St. John Arena went crazy, and I was like, I don't think I want pressure anymore. You know, I wanted to be an attorney. William and Mary was a great school, great opportunity for myself and my family, right? For you know, scholarship. Um, and I, I went to the first tournament and coach Lamb saw me. And what's funny is he didn't recruit me in high school. When he was recruiting in high school, he recruited Greg Alinsky and Jim Heffernan, but he came and saw me and said, I'm, I'm not going to recruit you. I want you to know, but it's no disrespect to you. I just don't have any money to give you because at that time he had Jan Michaels and Bill Gaffney, who are both all Americans, both, both were in that lineup and didn't have a spot for me. And when I saw him, I said, hey, coach, how you doing? And he's like, you're at William & Mary? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, how's it going? I go, ah, it's going. And he goes, well, okay. You know, you know, you know where I'm at, you know, kind of like a, mm -hmm. you know. And I was like, yeah. So um, I made the decision over Christmas break to, to leave. And um, at the end, you know, after the first full year and uh, called Coach Lamb. And he got me on a recruiting visit. And, you know, took a couple other recruiting visits and said, I just fell in love, fell in love. With Coach Lamb or with Chapel Hill? I, I, I would say Lamb was obviously a great salesman, right? He is a great salesman. And and uh, and I liked his vision. I fell in love with Chapel Hill. I mean, my, you know, I had, uh, there was a couple of guys there, but I mentioned Bill Gaffney, right? And Tim Plott. Tim Plott was from Bay, wrestled with me at West Shore Y, mm. went to Bay High School with Mike Deanna and those guys. And Tim was down at North Carolina, so on my recruiting trip, I got to hang out with Tim and Bill and and a, and, and Jan and um, and then they, you know they took me to the usual trips. We went to baseball game, 
Uh, I was, I, I love to play golf. So they took me to the golf course, got to meet a couple of the golfers, um, you know, who were all super guys too. So at that time I could play now I can't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned something that I was going to, I forgot to ask you about your junior year, you win it. And in the semis, you wrestled the guy who you wrestled your senior year, correct? Right. I wrestled Todd Derbyshire. So Talented, really, really good guy. How did that match go your junior year? I won seven to six. Um, I mean, it was another great match. I mean, it was, he was, he was just so big, you know, I mean, it's funny. I, that's the only, I remember Todd being just really a big, bigger guy for the weight than, than myself. Um, and then senior year, uh, just, it didn't go well. It's, you know, it was kind of a crazy situation. We were both in cradles. He got the points. I thought while I was in the middle of the situation, I was scoring the points. And when I didn't, I just, I just snapped. I mean, it's, you know, and, and I ultimately got just beat up and pinned. And that was the end of that. Before the match, were you feeling something that was off or were you feeling really good before the match? No, I felt really good. I just came off of three pins. Um, yeah, I felt really good. I mean, I was really confident. Uh, I, I think, it, I, you know, it's funny. I, you sit, you sit here and you go, well, what was different? You know, my junior year, I visualized winning that tournament like every day. Every, every night I would be in my parents' living room and just circling, you know, getting in a stance, doing stance drills. And I didn't do the same amount of work my senior year. You know what I mean? So when I tell the boys, you know, it's made, the loss made me a better coach, right? And, and I tell the boys, you know, look, you know, one, give the guy a lot of credit, right? He, he came out, he wanted to beat me really bad from the year before. And, you know, so one, you got to give him a lot of credit. And, uh, but second of all, I didn't do the same preparation as I did the year before. Yeah, it kind of sounds like a situation where last year Vito was in a situation where I thought he was getting back points. I thought maybe he thought he was getting back points, and it turns out the other guy was, and it you know he couldn't come back from it. So, um, yeah, it just you know, sounds it's like funny. A, that 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 reminded me of our match a little bit because it was a similar right. situation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, and everything you read about it, it's it was like a a big upset of the not even a big upset. I mean, just a huge moment. I mean, a really big moment. So for you, how did you process that and, and kind of move forward that summer? Or was it something you that know, ate at you? You know, what's what's funny is I, I never thought, like, I walked into that match thinking it was going to be a hell of a match. I mean, I never once thought I was favored. You know, mm -hmm. it's like one of those where you're like, hey, I know he's good. I'm going to have to wrestle hard. And so, it, you know, to say I wouldn't, I wouldn't even call it an upset. But when I processed it, it was, it was, um, it, you know, you, you sit back and you go, okay, in the end, it, what's the worst thing that happened is that like Iowa stopped recruiting me, you know, that was like, okay. So I never heard from Iowa again. I, I get it. Right. Mm -hmm. But when I, when I took a, 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 you know, when I actually sat back and talked to Ferg and a couple of other great coaches, we had Brian Millick and, and some others, Larry Tusick. And, and, you know, I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. Let's it's part of the sport. Uh, somehow I'm going to have to process it to use it one day as a, as a learning so that I can help others not have that same situation happen to them because I got to tell you, making the state finals is awesome. Taking second sucks. And I, I tell everybody you won't appreciate second till years later. Yeah. And like you said, your role now at, at Marmy, I'm sure you use it all the time. Like, you know, the week before the boys head down to Champagne. I'm sure it, the story comes out every year, you know? Yeah. I talk about that. I talk, I talk about Ben Hada. If you know, Ben. Yeah. Tell me about yeah. him. Tell me about so, the story. Ben, so Ben Hada, uh, when I was coaching at Ed's, he 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 had a unbelievable senior year with guys that are just really good in his weight, and he, you know he was kind of stoic and never really jacked up like too much, you know. And uh, Ben, the the week of the state tournament, he comes in, he has the bracket in his hands on Monday, and he comes in, and he's jumping around, he goes, "Hey, coach, guess what?" I go, "What?" He goes. I'm going to win the state championship Saturday. He had the bracket filled out. I'm like, wow. All right, Ben. Well, he went on and you, and you, if you know the Jane family, Eddie Jane or Mark Jane, he went in and, and listen, 
Eddie Jane was unbelievable three-time state champion. But Ben got Ben was always respectful of Eddie and didn't ever really like try to beat him up in the room. For two days, Ben beat Eddie. And Eddie was starting to question himself because he had, you know, he's a two-time state champion. He was going to have to beat Sonny Marchetti in the finals, and he knew Ooh. that. And I'm trying to keep those two together. You know, like, I'm like, well, I think Ben's going to win it. You know, like he, and then he goes and beats a guy by the name of Adam Plaus in the finals. They had gone back and forth, and Adam's a legend for Walsh Jesuit. Uh, but but I tell the boys the story. Ben beat four guys, I believe, three or four that beat him during the year. But on wow. Monday, he told me he was going to win it, and he wrestled lights out, no fear. And so I always tell our boys, look, you can't win a state championship if you're not in the tournament. I don't care what you take at, at sectionals. I really don't. I t- but you got to be in the tournament to be able to win it. So we don't really – we don't try to get ourselves crazy – you know, peak for a sectional situation. We try to obviously be good enough to qualify, but we're not sitting there going, okay, we took fourth. We we can't win it. If we take fourth, we can win it. Yeah. And like, like you said, Ben Hot is such a cool customer, you know, like just one of the chillest, coolest dudes you ever meet. And for him to be that forward, but that had to be like, wow. I, I was shocked. I was like, where's this kid been all year? You know, like, I mean, you know, it's not like Roger Chandler, right. Who was, you know, I mean, he was ready for fire and brimstone all the time, right? <laughs> ben was always like, "Why don't you chill a little bit?" You know, we don't. You know, so, so when did you coach at St. Ed's? I was there uh, when after Ferg died, so I was there from ninety to ninety four. So uh, we moved here to Chicago in ninety four. So Got it. yeah, it was, so it was um, at, when Ferg died. Coach Urbis had Dave Rowan as an assistant coach. And then Dave, I think, decided to go do something else. And, um, you know, somehow we, we connected and, and John Heffernan and I came back to Ed's then in 90. And, uh, you know, obviously it was a very tough time with Ferg dying. I mean, you know, Coach Urbis is a legend, but he was a football coach. He didn't know anything about wrestling. Um, you know, so when Ferg grabbed him to, to be the freshman wrestling coach, he, at first he was like, no, no, no. And Ferg's like, no, I love this guy. He was great. So he was my freshman football coach. His first year at Ez was my freshman year. So, you know, and he's still there. It's still, uh, you know, I just, I just saw him recently. So he's still helping tutor, even though he's not, you know, coaching full time, he's still involved. That's such a clutch move to have the freshman wrestling coach be a football coach. That's just a, a guaranteed awesome. pipeline. Yeah, that's, exactly. a, that's a no brainer. So what, so you said something earlier I've, I've never heard before. So coach Ferguson was a multimillionaire. Yes. What do you do? So, so Ferg was the first person to take apartments and turn them into condominiums. And he did it in Florida, believe it or not, in a place called Longboat Key. And so um, he started there and then he expanded into Cleveland. And so he would take a building, you know, and turn, take the apartment, refurbish the whole thing, turn it into a nice condominium and then sell those condominiums. And so that's how he he uh, he made his living. Wow, man! So yeah, should, that's a so he's an entrepreneur. He's 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 building one of the best programs of all time. And then out of nowhere, he passed away. Or did people know it was coming? Yeah, yeah, no, it was uh, it was nine days before my wedding. So <laughs> it was crazy. He had a heart attack. Um, he was having some heart issues, and he was supposed to be getting it checked. Um, and, I, I, you know, again, I I don't know if he was getting a check, what happened, but he was playing volleyball and dropped out of a heart attack. So, um, like I said, it was it was the craziest time. We we buried him at St. John's Cathedral. And, uh, you know, a week later, I'm getting married at the same place. So was, and and a lot of the same people were at the, you know, the funeral that were at the wedding. So. Um, you know, matter of fact, I started crying. Cole was my best man at the time. And he's like, you know, I was his best man when he got married. And then he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm just having a hard time keeping this together. And, you know, typical Rob fashion. He was like, okay, well, you just need to toughen up. I mean, it's, this is your day. Not, not, well, the guy get it. But I mean, that's obviously meant that much to all you guys. He was a legend. Yeah. And I mean, here's, here's a guy who, 
you know, I blow my knee out my senior year and, you know, I get in a, you know, one of those Instagram, the, you know, the comes through the mail, but it's a, what is it? It's a telegram, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, his comment was, uh, you're still able to, you're still good enough to, to be an all American on one leg. Don't ever forget that. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, just, he he did it to everybody all the time. I mean, I would get letters from him. I bet I got him six letters a year during wrestling season through college every season. I don't know who else he sent them to, but I mean, he, I'm sure he sent them to everybody. He sounds like one of those those guys, and there's like a very select few people who have this reputation, but like everyone who knows him felt like they were the most important person to him. Like he's sending letters to you. He's making you feel super special. And like you said, there's probably 20 other wrestlers who had the same thing happen to him. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, it's, you know, it, it was, you know, here's a, here's a guy who gives me why in the world would he give me his wedding gift early? You know, he gave me the wedding gift. I didn't even get a chance to say thank you other than when he handed me the card. You know, I said thank you. I didn't even open it, you know. And, you know, literally, I think he, I think he passed away like the second day after I opened the card. And I hadn't even had a chance to see the person to tell him. I mean, that was one of the things that really hit you the most. You know, like I was like, I worked for him every summer, right? Mm-hmm. At doing the apartments. or Coach Urbis was my boss. Right. We were cleaning blinds at, at these facilities. I mean, all summer long, you know, it's, and and uh, he just meant so much to us, you know, that, that it was it was there's still a void. To be honest with you, I still talk to him, mm-hmm. you know, especially when I'm frustrated with a, a situation, you know, or if I'm not getting through to somebody on an academics, you know, with with a, a wrestler, I'll be like, Ferg, you got to send me some signs. I need some. <laughs> wow. I need to think this through. And so that happens. You come back to St. Ed's and you mentioned a name earlier that people, people mention as like a, a terrifying individual, like Sony Marchetti, like this guy was a, just said, I don't even, I never seen him wrestle. And I just, I feel I'll, I'll like I you, have, I'll send you a clip. I'll send you a clip. Tell me about this guy. So Sonny was, um, you know, Sonny was Alan Freed. Sonny was uh, Ben Whitford. I mean, freshman phenom, uh, wrestled out of North Canton, you know, who's, you know, our rival as well. But matter of fact, the gentleman I beat my junior year was from North Canton, uh, Burke Sesson, another great guy. Um, so North Canton was, we were very aware of that team, right? So we know they got Sonny. We knew where he wrestled when he was a youth. He goes out and wrestles Eddie Jane in the finals of, uh, uh, I think the Alliance tournament. We're wrestling against him. And Sonny literally takes Eddie down, picks him up, and drops him on his head. I mean, drops him on his head. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and I, to be honest with you, I, I'm never that guy who gets mad on a slam. I was like, well, okay. You know, they call the slam, and I don't know how bad Eddie is. And all of a sudden, I look down, and Eddie is like, he's seeing stars, right? So there's no way the trainer's going to let him wrestle. You know, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's just the way it was. And, you know, and Sonny went on to beat up everybody up until that state finals match. I mean, you know, so he's just a phenom. And, and I know he's coaching now. I think he's coaching at Lake Erie College. Okay. No, I, I think. Or no, no, no. Notre Dame. Notre Dame College in Ohio. Division I two. Believe. Yeah. Yeah. So how did he end up at Walsh? Well, yeah, East Side kid. Um so he no. transferred though, or did he start at Walsh? No, no, he was from from that Akron area. So, so he started at Walsh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's, and 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 those teams, those teams were really good. I mean, I I didn't realize it. I I was in, I'm in a documentary that that Ben Hot is doing, and and Ben, um, I didn't realize that Walsh Jesuit and Saint Ed's were ranked number one in the country ten years in a row. Wow, that's crazy, and, right? In the 90s. How is that possible that two schools in one area are both ranked? And and there's some unbelievable wrestling out there, right? So mm-hmm. Bill Barger started that Walsh program. You know, I mean, when we started Marmy and I was like, we just want to be the little cousins of St. Ed's. If we could just be the little cousins of St. Ed's, we'll have done really well. Right. Tell me what, what was like, uh, what was the environment like when St. Ed's and Walsh wrestled back in those days? Uh, you needed two, three police officers, fights in the stands. <laughs> I mean, 
you know, he, he listened to it. You know, we, we were, we were talking about this too. And Akron's a tough area, right? St. Ed's was, even though it's in, it's in Cleveland, Lakewood, Cleveland, you know, it's, it's in a tough area, but the kids at Ed's were, we weren't, we were like tennis players compared to wrestlers. If you know what I mean, we were, you yeah. know, the Walsh Jesuit guys would make fun of us and say we're dorks and we'd say that you're punks. And, and so even from a coaching standpoint, we, listen, we wanted to kill each other. I mean, I, I, I could, I could hug Bill Berger, but I'll tell you one thing across that line. I, I want, you know, and all of us feel the same way. Coach Irvis would never say it ever. Um, Cause he's so respectful and he's such a, a wonderful person. I'm, I guess I'm knocking myself down a little bit, but I, I have no problem telling him I want to kill you. And we'll be <laughs> friends afterwards. You know, were they in the same uh, division as you guys at state? Like one uh, A, yeah. two A. They okay. were, yeah, yeah. So they were three A. Um, and you know, like I said, we we lost them, and then we, all of a sudden we started coming back, started beating them uh, again, um, and uh, that made the rivalry even better, right? But they had so many good kids on that team. I mean, they're just. Wow, you know it was nice to go back for the documentary because you get a chance to relive some of the, some of those thoughts and then hear some of the stories about what some of those guys were saying about us. And, you know now now you know a few years later we're all kind of getting along, which which is <laughs> nice to see. It's a, it's going to be awesome, Ben Hada, and um, you know he he's just amazing. You know Fox Catcher and the yeah. Kurt Angle documentary and you know, what he's doing with this documentary now is going to be awesome. You know, he's a, he's just a prof real professional and he's wrestling's lucky to have him. Um, and yeah, then this Ed's Walsh documentary is going to be really, really interesting. And I think it brings a lot of some of the stuff you were talking about with Howard Ferguson, Bill Barger type stuff. And, and there's some names from the past that are just unbelievable. Yeah. I was going to ask you, how do those old duels compare to the Montini Marmion duels or, or were those, well, are those too soon to be talking about? <laughs> uh, well, you know, we 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 just beat Montini for the first time, so I'm not so sure that it's it's a rivalry. You know, you got to win for it to be a rivalry, and so uh, I tell our guys all the time, you know, Montini's the program and was the program for us to to be able to beat to win. But it's not a rivalry when you lose every year. So, you know, Eds and Walsh, you know, went back and forth. Mm -hmm. uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not a Montini fan, so uh, <laughs> I'll respect them, but I'm not a fan. But and, and the problem is that I tell the Marmion guys, I go, here's the problem. I can't get away from these colors. Montini and Walsh are the same colors. They're both that maroon and gold. So I have these nightmares. Wow. That's uh, well, I, I can't wait for that documentary. And, uh, and also shout out to Jeremy Baylor. I know that's Ben's partner and I, I didn't want to leave him out there. He he's amazing and wrestled at Penn. So yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be, I'll be excited to watch that. So let's get back to UNC for a little bit. So, and this is just my timeline. Was MJ there when you were there? Yes. Wow. Was it, yeah. was that key that massive at the time or not yet blown up? He, he was, yeah, he was, I mean, certainly he was good, but there were so many guys that were good. Like Kenny Smith was on the team. Um, you know, uh, what's, uh, oh my God, a really cool guy played for Lakers. Uh, uh, worthy. Yeah, James Worthy graduated, yeah. but he would always come back for summer camps, so he got a chance to spend some time with them. Joe Wolf was a buddy of mine, so I got to know those guys a little bit. MJ not as not as much. I mean, one one card game, but uh, um, you know, we, but we had. I mean, he's a legend, right? The guy's really good. So, but there were so many good guys on the basketball team that he just kind of blended. He didn't step out like uh, you know when he walked into a place, everybody be like, "Oh my God, that's him." Right. Yeah, no, that's, uh, of course, The Last Dance. I, I talk about it all the time. I love that documentary. And just amazing, right? Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. But, you know, Davis Love was was one of his good friends, the golfer. Mm -hmm. So Davis was one of his good friends in college. Got it. So, okay. So, yeah. So he went there, too? Davis Love went there. Uh, we had uh, – Mark Love, a guy by the name of John Inman, who's won some PGA events. Jackie Nicholas Jr. Um, went there. If you know, you know, obviously he's Mr. Nicholas's son. He's mm -hmm. a good buddy of mine at the time. Um, you know, uh, Walt Weiss, the baseball player, BJ Surhoff. Uh, I mean, I, I go wow. on and on. A lot of great athletes. And that and that's not even touching like April Heinrichs, who was the women's 
Olympic soccer coach who at her time, she was the best player in the world. You know what I mean? So you it was a fun time to be there. Special place, great colors. I've always, even as a kid, I was like best uniforms in the game. It, <laughs> tell me about, uh, tell me about your thoughts on like how coach Lamb's philosophy compared to coach Ferguson's philosophy. Okay. So uh, coach Lamb was a cross country coach. Um, and, and for, you know, you're trying to take me with my my big legs, trying to run five miles in under 35 minutes. He just would not tell you if you didn't make it, you just, you didn't go home for fall break. Uh, so <laughs> Ferg was a big runner too, but he, he kind of cut me a little more slack than what, what lamb did. Um, both, both extremely driven. Okay. Lamb had that Oklahoma attitude though. I mean, man, I'll tell you what, if you had a bad match, wow forget it he <laughs> that's what much. joe galli said he's yeah. like you were literally scared oh <laughs> joe's right 100 percent. right right and <laughs> and uh you know or if you did something stupid i mean i can tell you that uh the one lamb story i he he ripped me i was wrestling a guy from appalachian state and i i i would say i was a little more i was a rough i was a, a banger and i was a little more physical but this guy, for whatever reason, I was mad at him, and I decided while I was pinning him to headbutt him, and I ended up getting stitches in my head. Lamb came in to the – first, he yelled at me on the mat when I did it because the guy got off his back, and it was a penalty point. <laughs> then he came in the, the locker, and he decided to rip me apart for, I don't know, five minutes because we were wrestling NC State the next day. And now I got to wrestle with this stupid Band-Aid on my head. And it's going to affect, better not affect your performance. And uh, I just, you feel, you just felt like you were the biggest idiot in the world. And rightfully so. He was right. Mm -hmm. um, but what Bill Lamb did, and, and I say this to him and, and uh, with great affection, um, he recruited people of like mindset that he knew the camaraderie of the team would be great. And he worried about the camaraderie of the team. Mm. I mean, I, I'm still, Ryan, I, I, we're in a group of like 14 wrestlers every day texting each other. I mean, I can tell you today it was all on this. I, I didn't even know the game for USA versus Wales was today in the world cup. And, oh, and we're it? all texting each other. You know, it's. Man, it's and all of you guys from that team. If you go to coach lamb's, website that he uses for like speeches and whatnot, all of you guys had a high level of business success, you know, and, and as you yeah. went on throughout your career, which is yeah. pretty cool to see. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think that that group, and, and, and certainly there's many, many others, right. Because he, he did, he preached that to you. I mean, it was, you know, look, it was, he was like, you better get out in life and compete too. I, I don't want that just to be part of this. I mean, this is about academics. I mean, he preached it, you know, I, to be honest with you, I loved football. I was, you know, pretty good high school football player. And I, I loved football. I just was good at wrestling. You know I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and it took care of a family need, right? Cause you know, the scholarship certainly helps, right? My parents who didn't make a lot of money. Um, and, and so I, I look back on that and I'm like, lamb literally put even the backups. He, he held them to the same standards mm -hmm. as he would any starter. And, uh, and I've always appreciated that about him. And, and he's just, he's always so, thoughtful right with all of us still i mean still you know facebook messaging and you know you know everybody wants to go get a picture with them when we're in town you know <laughs> man you like gotta remember go ahead he had metzger he had metzger as assistant coach for my first two years andre metzger wow. was our assistant coach though i wonder what those meetings were like you know because nobody's gonna back down andre wow. would never back down so did you guys have to wrestle metzger oh yeah yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, yeah, it was that was that was uh, that was really tough. Matter of fact, and in, in when Andre decided to leave, and and I, I think because my first year of coaching was at John Carroll, um, and Andre was coaching at Villanova at that time. So I wonder if he left maybe the year before. But um, and no disrespect to Mark Manning, but when Andre left and Mark Manning came in as an assistant coach, it was a little bit of a break because Andre was just. Mark was super, super nice, right? Andre was super nice, but he was so intense. I mean, at one time he made us run outside. It's like 15 degrees, and, and we weren't allowed to put sweats on or anything. He was so mad at us, kicked us out of the room, and made us go run like three miles. <laughs> yeah. Man, those first two years were hardcore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. 
But I, I learned so much from Andre. You know, I didn't know Mark Manning was there. Yeah, Mark's first coaching gig was at North Carolina. He was Bill's assistant. Wow! So, so he came from UNO right to he there. He did. Yeah, he did. And um, and then we got a chance to meet his brother Tim. You know, and 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 uh, yeah. So I had Mark for. Uh, I think I had Mark two years. I'm pretty sure, but uh, we've remained good friends because of it. You know, I mean, it's he's the lamb was, yeah. Oh, Mark's Mark Mark's, comes up, puts his hand on your shoulder. It's like just a soft touch, but he's just like a just a whisper motivator. I love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So it was. We, we had. I'm not kidding you when I tell you. You know, the North Carolina experience for us was just unbelievable. In those days, they had the training table, right? which I think they're starting to bring back for all the athletes. So we got to eat with all the athletes. So you got to know everybody, which is really cool. Like, you know, for a while, they kind of stopped doing that. I think they said it was favoritism to athletes, but that's how you, everybody else can have a sorority or fraternity to meet, meet people. The athletes, the only way to meet people is if you're sitting down eating with them, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, in fact, we do that with a team meal with our own Marmion team now. Really? Like a, a- What's the routine like? Once a week or once a month? Yeah, or? yeah once a yeah, once a, we're trying to do it once a week. And we'll see if that that continues. But yeah, and we want the boys to to intermingle. I want a senior to talk to a freshman, you know, and and mm-hmm. you know make them understand what the culture is all about, right? I mean, it's you know the Marmion school is so hard. I mean, it's so hard that the wrestling is the easy part. So Marmion is is such a awesome story to talk about so the the school added wrestling in like early 2000s how did you get looped into it yeah so um we were doing the youth club so what we did was kind of started a west shore y out by where i live um and uh we had a barn like for had a barn eventually and so uh we turned this barn into a you know year-round wrestling facility it's literally called the barn it's saint charles north youth wrestling but the barn is where we work out um and so we started doing that. And I told a couple of our fathers um, that who were helping out, I'm like, listen, if we build this, people are going to come. And then we got to figure out where, we, where to go to high school because I, I didn't know the, any of the area. You know, like it's new to me. Uh, one of the fathers decided to go to, to Marmion and, and fell in love with it because it was military Catholic. And so that's so it was a gentleman. First, first wrestler to go there was Nico Jimenez. And then Pat Greco, because the Grecos um, wrestled for us, but Pat went with Nico. And um, after that first year, I was coaching the youth kids, and they were they were like, hey, can you come in and help? We had a coach, Brantz, there, there, who was there, and, and needed an assistant coach. And, and I was like, all right, let me see if I can do this. I had my own glue company, right, so that I started with my, my partner. So we were, I was like, okay, I'll work earlier in the morning go to practice and then follow up in the evening with everything I was doing. Uh, so that's how we started that. And the, the class I'm sure people talk about all the time where you get asked about all the time is the, the 2011 guys. Yeah. And, and I kind of think about Marmion in three phases. You have that phase and then you have the Cumby Reynolds phase. And yeah, then, yeah, what, sure. and then there's the wave that you're in now. And we'll talk about this year, but I mean, at the time, I was just kind of like getting out of wrestling, but this was like my last year involved, 2011. And I remember yeah. Whitford, Cortez, Brill, your son, Fisher, Johnny Jimenez. Oh, right. What the heck? Like, how did yeah. this happen? Tell us about like building this team. How did this all come together? Yeah. So, okay. Uh, quickly, because here's what happened. So I get an email from a buddy of mine um, and says, Hey, there's, the Whitfords would like to come talk to you. And Whitfords were friends with a bunch of people that I was friends with in Michigan. Right. And they were like, they'd like to come talk to you. They, they want their son to get a good education. And they heard some things about Marmion, that, what you're doing. And, and I think it started with the Simez family, you know? So I think the Simez may have brought something up and then we were doing some of the uh, tour de force with Sean or met, you know, at overtime. So they kind of heard some things that were going on. I was like, sure. So I, I met uh, Pat Whitford at our uh, Greco State tournament and and really liked him. And and, and I was like, you sure you want to do this? This is a big move, you know, like. And he was like, no, I, I, I think it's the right decision for our family. And I was like, OK. And so um, I said, well, let's give it a go. Let's get the application submitted. And 
and we started talking to him. And, you know, obviously they knew Bryce was coming. Um, we had George Fisher, right? We had Angelo. We had Pat or little Eddie. We had Eddie Greco, um, Johnny Jimenez. Um, and we had some other pretty good kids. And, and so we were like, okay, let's see what he does. So, of course, he, he submitted his application. Well, right about then, um, I'm like, I'm watching this kid wrestle. And I'm like, okay. He's like the best I've ever seen. You know, he was so good. Crazy. Oh, and and such a great kid. I mean, you know, and so anyways, um so Cortez so isn't that. already committed at this point? No, no. So then what happens is um I I can't oh, Randy Brill said to me, um, there's a family from Ohio who would like to talk to you. And I'm like, from Ohio, where are they who do they wrestle for? And he goes, St. Paris Graham. I'm like, oh boy, okay. Uh, you know, especially knowing Jeff, you know, like, uh, okay, I'll, I'll at least entertain it, right? You know, so um, Robert Cortez sent me a great email as well. And and uh, it, it the email was was one where you just sit there and go, you know what? I, I can see he's genuine, you know, he's genuine, you know, he really wants to be a part of something. So we started talking. Uh, lo and behold, you know, Jared then decided to come, right? So Ooh. now we've got this team and and I think we're the only team ever to be ranked in the, I don't know what we were ranked, seventh, eighth in the country to never win a regional because they put Montini and us in the same regional and we lost by a half a point. What? Even the year? Yeah. Oh, because in 2011, you guys had like how many individual state champs? Uh, was it five? Five. It? Yeah, five or yeah, four or five. Like... Four or five. So that yeah. team never, wow. I didn't never know how that regionals. all went down. Yeah, we, we lost it. We lost it by a half a point uh, to Montini. It was crazy because every the, the regional was so vibrant. Like every one of our guys was trying to get a takedown and pin. Like every, I mean, I, I, I literally almost got a team point deducted because they didn't call fall. Eddie Breen had a gentleman uh, from the homeschool pinned and the ref didn't call the fall. And I went nuts on the ref. I'm like, I can't believe, you know, we're in the middle of this team race. And he was flat for five seconds and you didn't call for him. And he goes, well, he wasn't pinned. I go, no, no, you, you, you held it. And I said, just a, all you got to do is admit it. Right. You know? Right. But Wow. That I'd never. So, so that was just an unbelievable like moment in like high school, Illinois wrestling. It was just because um, all those guys were like national champs. Oh, yeah. One, all of think them. about the Montini team. Holy geez, they were loaded. And Crazy. and uh matter of fact, that year, um Kevon Powell beat Cortez in the sectional final and and like was laughing about it, like not in a bad way, not in a cocky way, because I they saw Kevon recently and we were laughing about it, the whole thing, but he saw Jared throw his shoes away. Because Jared's like, I'm done, I'm not wrestling anymore. Yeah, you know, he was so passionate. You know, like wow. he just needed, he needed 10 minutes. So, so Kevon, like, I saw you grab those shoes and he goes, I said, as soon as he threw away the shoes, I'm going to be a state champion. And then when you grabbed the shoes, I was like, oh no, man, it's going to be tough. <laughs> you know? Wow. And then Oak Park is, was great during this time too, right? Or is this Oak a little Park, bit after? They were a little bit after, but they were, they were coming on. I mean, I, they were, they were coming on. So it was, you know, who was really good at, at that time was Crystal Lake Central. Oh Yeah. Because, and again, that all, that all stemmed from, you know, obviously they have a good high school coaching staff, but Donnie Reynolds was up at overtime running that program up there, you know, Crystal Lake. Mm -hmm. And 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 I still say Sean's vision for what he, he was ahead of himself and, you know, what he's, because everybody's copycatted Sean now, you know what I mean? But he, he I was, always, people get sick of me bragging about Sean Bormet. I go, that guy has made Illinois so proud though with that with overtime and that you guys were right plugged into that the whole get go, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, we were plugged in right from the beginning, and then I helped Sean with with a couple others. We did a lot of fundraising for the Olympic athletes, but Sean, Sean's even a better person than he is a coach. I mean, I, you know, no, no doubt. You know, I mean, you know, Angela did something at school I didn't like, and so I I was like, hey, Sean, I'm going to tell you what Angie did. I want you to address it with him as well. And uh, yeah, you know, so poor Angelo had to go. <laughs> Sean, man. That uh yeah, that would be an intimidating conversation. But no, he's a he's awesome. I know we're at the top of the hour. I was gonna ask yeah. you one question about Cyberbound, but if you gotta go, I'll let you run. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Perfect. So uh, you know, I'm in again, people are sick to death of hearing this. I'm in uh enterprise tech sales and I love business and 
you know, you were a co-founder of a company, you know, for over almost two decades. Like, yeah. what were some of the war stories of that? Like when you guys opened up in Germany or, or just like how many hours were you logging? I mean, it must have been crazy. Uh, yeah, it's it's when you start a company from scratch. And, and I started with a, with another St. Ed's guy who's um, and uh, when you start a, a company from scratch, it's crazy hours. I mean, it's I don't remember. I know we were filling glue uh, at the factory. We were packing at the house. Um, you were doing whatever you needed to do to, to, to make it work. Um, it was the right opening at that time. Cause our the company that we worked for just bought a company called Loctite. It was a big, mm-hmm. and, and we knew kind of how to compete against them. And so we were like, we literally was, Angela was what three at the time. And I told my wife, I go, look, you know, we can do this. You know, obviously we're wrestling, you know, we got a wrestling mindset. Right. So I'm going to outwork everybody. Uh, you know, and, um, and so that's what we did. We just we 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 made super glue, believe it or not, for industrial applications, um, which mm-hmm. then we, we were very fortunate to open up in Germany and and um, you know and then we we were Ryan. It was tough. Don't get me wrong. I mean we we had some broke days, right? Yeah. And then and then you start on September first, two thousand one, in France, and September eleventh mm-hmm. hits, and they shut down the international banking. Um, that was that was a scary time for us as well because you couldn't get like you couldn't get funds out of you know Europe at that point to send back to the United States and we had to then we, they needed to pay bills so we had to take our money and help them and and you know it was yeah yeah oh so my gosh so they, I would tell you that the last uh, we, we weren't planning on selling but uh, a, a large multi billion dollar company came up to us and said hey we'd like to buy your business and and we were like, Hey, we're not for sale, you know? And they're like, well, you know, maybe we can get to a psychological number where you would say yes. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, we, we did that song and dance and, but it's a lot of hours And wrestling. Wrestling taught me that, Ryan. I mean, honestly, losing the state championship taught me like, Hey, <laughs> you're going to lose, you know, you got to fight through it. You got to wake up, not feel sorry for yourself, um, you know, and go back to work. Yeah, no, it's tried and true lessons. And let's just close down with this. This season, you know, it's it's wrestling season. Great time of year. Tell us about the the squad for this year. Yeah, so we've got like quite a bit of experience coming back. Um, I, you know, I don't know. The rankings right now have us at 25th. I don't know if I buy into that yet. Um, the boys have to, uh, we got a lot of young guys that are that are also behind the scenes. And we've got eight freshmen which I don't think they can win their wrestle offs. I mean, we one unfortunately didn't, uh, but we've got some, some hammers that are be in the lineup too. And, and I expect good things out of our team, you know, but it's going to be the same, right? Right now it's us. St. Charles East has a nice team. Um, Mount Carmel Marist. I mean, and, and that's just a name four. I don't, who knows? we got Lockport tomorrow. So, you know, Braden Thompson and those guys. So we'll see how, how that goes. But I, I think at, by the time we get to the end of the year, you know, we'll, we'll have, we've got a really hard schedule. So we start off in Iowa at a, at a tournament that, that Gable tournament, then we go to Ironman, you know, then we come back, we go to crown point. So we'll see St. Ed's and St. Paris Graham back to back weekends. We'll see crown point. I mean, let alone who else, who's all going to be at Ironman. I mean, you know, the, the usual that's crazy cast. that so, Dan Gable Donnybrook, that's a new tournament out there. Yeah, they just started it last year, so we went last year. The competition's excellent. So what what, what we felt we needed was we needed some really tough competition right away, because I think our boys need to. And I told them this, uh, in which our coach Fitz and Ryder doesn't like to hear me say it, but I'm like, you're gonna lose, and then you're gonna learn, because I'm seeing you make improvements with this coaching staff we have, which is a great coaching staff. I said, but you're not hand fighting enough yet. So when you go to when you go to Ironman, you're going to find out when somebody puts their fist in your mouth. What you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get tougher. Yeah, <laughs> I love that you're still coaching after all these years. Like your son has won a state title. He's gone through. Like you've had all these waves of great wrestlers. Like and you're still there coaching. What keeps you around for it? Uh, you know, I like giving back. Right, a lot of people gave back to me, which taught me a lot. So I like to give back. Um, you know, I've got a little more time to do that right now. So. Uh, it, it's fun. We have a good group of kids. Um, you know, I've got guys that now I've coached, you know, like Angelo helping out, 
you know, with the program this year, he hasn't done it as much. He's been really busy, but George Fisher is. Matter of fact, uh, you remember George was a two-time state champion, a state runner-up. Yeah. He just lost. Uh, I probably shouldn't say this, but I, I won't say who he lost to, but he lost to one of our kids on our team in a match the other day because he was out of shape. He And, and he, got, he got beat in the third period. And I, I went Coach Joe on him again. I'm like, Georgie, that's unacceptable. There's no <laughs> – I didn't coach you to lose to a high school kid, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's fun. It's so they, they, the, this group of kids really want, they, they like, a, I think a little bit older guy around every now and then just to kind of help mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, so I just, I kind of, you know, my role's changed, but you know, we still help the guys get into colleges. I'll still work with them on, you know, in the coaches on their grades, wh- where they're at, where they want to go, you know, and you still got all those relationships, right? A lot of those coaches are buddies of mine. Mm-hmm. So it's a phone call away. Well, it's awesome to see that and gets me even more excited about the high school season. Joe Silvestro, it's been an honor to have you on the podcast, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on. Any last words before we sign off? Ryan, I just want to say thank you. I thank you for what you're doing for the sport, and and I love it. Just keep doing it. Thank you very much. I hope to see you around the Illinois circuit this winter. We absolutely look forward to it. Thanks for listening to Wrestling Changed My Life with Joe Silvestro. This episode was brought to you by Athletic Greens, Go to athleticgreens.com slash WCML for five free travel packs and a one-year supply of vitamin D droplets. That's athleticgreens.com slash WCML. This episode is also brought to you by Quant Wrestling. Download the Quant app now in the Apple and Google Play stores, Q-U-A-N-T Wrestling. For all past episodes, please go to wrestlingchangemylife.com. Thanks for listening to Wrestling Change My Life. Peace!